0: Welcome to the Sunday Sermon Podcast of First United Methodist Church in Opelika. We'd love for you to join us for worship each Sunday at 9 o'clock or 10.30 a.m. To learn more about First United Methodist, visit us online at fumcopelika.org or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at FUMC Opelika. Thanks for tuning in. For today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, starting in verse 1 and reading to verse 14. As you were able, I will invite you to stand for the reading of the Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and without him. Not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light. who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay Close by me forever And love me, I pray Bless all the dear children in thy tender care, and fit us for heaven to live with thee there. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen. The year was 2005. It's the last time I can remember being in church on Christmas Day. And I did not want to be there. I was a teenager at the time and a bratty one at that. So I just thought, who would want to ruin Christmas by going to church? I didn't want to sing the songs. We'd done enough of that. I didn't want to watch some blue-haired lady in a frumpy sweater read the Christmas story to me. I knew that already. And I certainly did not want to listen to some gas bag preach at me. No, I wanted to stay home in my PJs, drink eggnog, open presents, and watch Home Alone for the 32nd time. But there I was, in church, on Christmas, and grumpy about it. But somehow, miraculously, God got a hold of me. And now I'm the gas bag you have to endure. (laughs) The point is, I know firsthand how the Christmas season is a time when all sorts of people come to church from different places in life and do so for a variety of reasons. So whoever you are, from wherever you have come, and whatever the reasons that brought you here, welcome. If you're here this morning and your faith is the size of a mustard seed, and your unbelief as massive as a mountain, welcome. If you're an every Sunday regular, listening for bits of sermons you've heard before, welcome. If you're the parents of amped up kids with sugar in their veins and Santa on their minds, welcome. If you're sitting there wondering if you're out of scotch tape or AA batteries, welcome. If you're checking your phone right now to see when the CVS or the ABC store will open again, welcome. I'm proud of that one. (laughs) If you're a fingers crossed skeptic, certain that you're the only one here this morning with more questions than clarity, you're wrong, but you're still welcome. If you're secretly relieved that your in-laws are not visiting for Christmas this year, welcome. If you yelled at your spouse or your kids on the way to church this morning, welcome. If the image of baby Jesus lying in a manger is just a painful reminder of the child God hasn't given you, welcome. If you're sitting there afraid that this will be your loved one's last Christmas, welcome. If you've been diagnosed with dementia and you're terrified that this will be the last Christmas you remember, welcome. If you're depressed, and you feel no joy in you today, it's okay. Because the joy isn't about you, it's about something that has happened outside of you. And you're still welcome. In fact, if anyone should feel unwelcome here today, it's me. After all, I'm the fool who stepped into the pulpit on Christmas Day without the infant God wrapped in bands of cloth. I didn't bring with me a single Magi following a star. I don't even have Mary and Joseph in the trickle-down tax plan that forces them to hoof it from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Here I am on Christmas Day with no nativity scene. No angels singing, no wise men worshiping, no Christ child sleeping. And yet, I believe our scripture for today is a profound reminder of the hope of Christmas. In John chapter 1, we are reminded that Christmas is about God coming down. It is not about good, pious, moral people making their way up to God. No, Christmas is about God coming down in Jesus Christ. To people like us. People whose goodness is inconstant. People whose piety is imperfect. People whose convictions are convenient and whose fates is unreliable. The word that John has for us this morning is about the word that became flesh, to be with us, to dwell among us, to live with us, and to welcome us, just as we are, not as we should be. Christmas is about Emmanuel, God with us. And friends, that is a hope that we all need, God with us. It's a hope we need while waiting by the phone to hear what the latest test results are. God with us. It's a hope we need while sitting with a family member or close friend, watching them be destroyed by a disease we're helpless to stop. God with us. It's a hope we need when we're counting on a job only to discover that someone else got it. It's a hope we need when we're wrestling with who we are and what we're to do with our lives. It's a hope we need when we have to pull up our roots, move away, and say goodbye. It's a hope we need when our relationships fall apart and our hearts are broken. We need it when a loved one dies and we face the future without them. God with us. This is the hope of Christmas. But if I'm being honest, uh, sometimes I wonder if there is so much tinsel and tape and wrapping around the Christmas season that it becomes difficult for us to hear the heart of the Christmas story. The Christmas story is a story about hope in the midst of hopelessness. After all, the Christmas story is about a displaced people. It's about an untimely pregnancy and a far-fetched explanation as to who the father is. It's about a coercive government. It's about homelessness and living in an occupied territory. It's about refugees and socially excluded shepherds. It's about a murderous tyrant and genocide. It's all right there in your Bible. But admittedly, we don't want to think about these things at Christmas. Christmas. So, we convince ourselves that while Christmas might be a story about adults, it's really a nice little happy story for children. So, this morning, I want to invite you to look at the heart of the Christmas story in a different way. And I want to do that by telling you a different story. I want to tell you a story that's about children, but is really for adults. The novel turned film, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas is set in Germany during the Second World War. And the story that it tells is even more brutal than the Christmas story. The main character, Bruno, is an eight-year-old boy whose father is a soldier in the Nazi war machine. Early in the film, Bruno and his family move to a different part of Germany where Bruno's father becomes the commander of a strange kind of camp. Young Bruno is often alone. And eager to find things to do, uh, so eventually he wanders out of the backyard and beyond the woods where he comes upon a high iron mesh fence. Within the fence there are people, and those people seem to be wearing striped pajamas. So Bruno walks up to the fence, he sees a boy about his age, so he introduces himself and learns that the boy is called Shmuel. He's fascinated by Shmuel. They have an intriguing conversation, so Bruno arranges to come back to the fence and talk some more, which they do several times over the next few weeks. The two boys play games through the fence, and they talk about many things, often having to break up their conversations out of fear of being discovered. Bruno can't understand why Shmuel is incarcerated, why he has to wear pajamas, why he's so thin and hungry, Or what role his own father has in all of this. Gradually, uh, the tension in Bruno's own home intensifies as Bruno's mother and sister come to realize what's really going on in the camp. But one day Bruno gets a surprise. He sees Shmuel uh, there in his own home working in the dining room as a cleaner. Once again, Bruno can't understand why Shmuel is being treated like a slave. He realizes that Schmuel is hungry, so he offers him some food. Suddenly, a soldier spots Schmuel and shouts at him, Why are you eating? And where did you get the food from? Looking suspiciously at Bruno, Bruno panics and says, I don't know. I've never seen him before. Bruno regrets his words and quickly returns to the fence, hoping to see Schmuel and be reconciled. The large black eye on Shmuel's face vividly displays the price Shmuel paid for Bruno's betrayal. But Shmuel accepts Bruno's apology. At last, uh, Bruno's father finally agrees that this is no place for his wife and children. So he arranges for his family to be moved elsewhere. But for Bruno, uh, this means the terrible prospect of leaving Shmuel. So he goes to visit Shmuel again at the fence. This time, Schmuel has got some pajamas for Bruno to wear so that he can blend into the camp and not be taken away with his family. Bruno scrambles under the fence of the camp. He puts on the pajamas and he wears a striped cap so that no one can tell that his head is unshaven. The two boys set out looking for Schmuel's father, who's gone missing. Suddenly, the atmosphere changes. Soldiers appear, rallying large groups of people in striped pajamas and directing them toward the large barn. There's no escape. Bruno and Schmuel are swept into the crowd. The people are herded like cattle down the steps into the barn. At this point, Bruno's mother discovers that he's missing, and she sounds the alarm. A host of soldiers start looking for Bruno, but it's too late. Bruno is in the barn beside Shmuel, and all the people in the barn are being told to take off their clothes and prepare for a shower. It's clear, they realize, that this will be no ordinary shower. But the full horror of what lies ahead dawns on the prisoners, on Bruno's family, and on the reader and viewer all at the same time. Somehow, Both knowing and not knowing the terrible truth, Bruno and Shmuel clasp hands, squeeze tight, and it's clear that nothing in the world could persuade them to let go. As the darkness descends and the gas begins to be pumped in and the horror engulfs the barn, Bruno says, You're my best friend, Shmuel. My best friend for life. It's a children's story, but it's not a children's story. It's a story about mass murder, about deception, about our ability to hide the truth from ourselves and others. It's a story about merciless cruelty, genocide, and indescribable suffering. But at the heart of the story lie two boys who become friends because they don't know any better, vividly displaying the irony that they know better than anyone. They, in fact, are the only ones who do know better. The contrast of the film is, on the one hand, two communities on opposite sides of the fence, divided by oppression, lies, and evil, and on the other hand, two boys, side by side, clasping hands as they face their deaths, knowing nothing but the love in their hearts and the inseparability of their destinies. I want to suggest to you that this story gets closer to the reality of Christmas than your average nativity play. Why? Because Christmas is only superficially about gold crowns, wobbly camels, bedsheets on shepherds' heads, and who gets to play Mary. Christmas is about looking at a picture of Bruno and Schmuel side by side and realizing it's a picture of God. And us. Think about it. Jesus enters the camp of danger with every likelihood that his entry will sooner or later entail his gruesome execution. Jesus puts on the pajamas, the garment of exclusion, and prepares to face the consequences of our sin. Jesus becomes a Jew and discovers the persecution that Jews have known throughout the ages. Jesus becomes a little child and places himself at the mercy of adults who cannot be trusted to have any idea what they're doing. Friends, when we are in the midst of our own struggles, John 1 reminds us that in Jesus, God has come to dwell. John 1 reminds us that in Jesus, God has taken up permanent residence, moved into the camp, and is right beside us saying, you're my best friend my best friend for life. I wouldn't be anywhere else in the world but right here beside you. That's what John wants us to see when he writes that the word became flesh and lived among us. John wants us to know that God didn't just create us, didn't just love us from afar, didn't just enter into history to rescue us and strengthen us and heal us. No, God's real glory and true nature is known in the physical, material reality of Jesus among us. Jesus just like us. Jesus beside us. And beside us, not just in joy or in celebration, but beside us in grief in doubt, in pain. Jesus is Bruno, donning the pajamas, reshaping his whole life to be beside us, coming inside the camp of death when he just as easily could have remained outside. But Jesus is just as much Schmuel, carrying the black eye, Forgiving us when he suffered for our sin. The Jew, who includes even us Gentiles in the story of salvation. So, whose hand is holding yours in the chaos and terror of your world? Who is going out of their way to stand next to you in your time of need? Who has gone out of their way to make you their friend, forgiven you when you turned your back on them? Who has come alongside you, worn your clothes, faced the reality of your existence, and known fear that you thought was yours alone? Friends, the one standing beside us, saying we're his friend forever, clasping our hand and never letting us go, is Jesus and the day we discover that it's the best day of all it's Christmas Day